The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. For sixth graders here, this is a part where um, in the service where we go into um, where I just, I preach and I, I go from um, the word of God uh, because nothing else will ever be preached uh, here except for the word of God because we really do believe that it's powerful and that it impacts lives and I, I believe that for tonight that this isn't just another Wednesday hanging out, just another thing to go to, um, but we really do pray, we really do believe, we really do anticipate that God's going to do something um, in your heart, uh, in your lives, uh, to where whenever you walk out of here, you're changed, you're different, because God speaking through the Bible. And so we're going to be going to it, into that um, tonight, and so if we could get my slide up for uh, the standalone sermon, just a one-week sermon series and it's, uh, it's called Together. And uh, give it up for my wife really quick for that um, slide she made that last night. Wow, I got to get going. Uh, so she's pretty amazing. Together, and really had a lot to do with what Kara was talking about. Um, I think there's so much, uh, there's so much change, transition happening right now. Sixth graders moving up, seniors moving out, um, and then all those of you in between um, are trying to figure out well, what's this relationship going to look like with the sixth graders. And, you know, and so like, there's so much transition, so much moving, so much different. And so I want to address how um, the church at large, um, looking bigger picture than Evangel Temple Youth, is together. We're united. We are united with um, the seniors leaving. We have already been united with the sixth graders coming in. We are the body of Christ. We are believers uh, together, and we can build each other up. And so we're talking about... Um, being together, being unified tonight, just briefly. I'm going to try to be brief. You'll find out that I'm not great at it. Um, so the perfect example of unity, being together, being unified, and just so perfect cohesion. Is that a word, cohesion? Yeah, cohesion. Um, just so perfectly um, being unified. What better example than our God himself, right? The perfect example of everything. And so um, I'm going to be really brief in this. Uh, but I don't know if some of you guys have seen this diagram. This is going to be like a quick, like, one-minute theology lesson um, of the Trinity. Some of you guys might have never heard that term. Some of you grew up knowing that term, and you still are like, I have no idea what it means, but I've known it since I was four. Um, wherever you are in that, the Trinity just means that we have one God. We don't believe in three gods. We have one God who created absolutely everything, uh, but he is three persons, and uh, one quote says that specifically, within the one being of God, there exists eternally, so um, always has lived, always will live, there has been one being, God, who is also three co-equal, so there, there, there's not one that's greater than the other, one more powerful than the other, one more knowledgeable than the others, um, they are co-equal and co-eternal persons, namely the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they together not three different gods, three persons of one being, God himself. And so if you're looking at this diagram really quick, I told you I'd be quick. Um, God is, uh, God, God the Father is God, okay? So you're looking at the Old Testament. He created everything, and he, um, you walk through uh, the Old Testament narrative. That is God the Father walking with Israel. Um, and then you also have God the Son, who in the New Testament comes out, he's a baby, and he grew up as a man, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, right? That is God, no less than God the Father is. But you also know that they're not each other. 
Though Jesus lived whenever God, was, God the Father was creating the world, Jesus was there with him. He wasn't functioning in that role. That was God the Father. Jesus was with him. Uh, but he, his role is dying on the cross for our sins, being the mediator between us and him. He's the one that gave us relationship with him. Um, they are not functioning as the other one is, but they're both equally God. Then you have God the Holy Spirit, the one that lives within us, the one that God himself dwells within us, gives us relationship with him um, by dwelling inside of us. Ezekiel, the Old Testament prophet, talks about how he turns a heart of stone, a heart that's just cold, angry, bitter, um, not happy, to a heart of flesh that he's living, lively, vibrant. And this is the work of God through his Holy Spirit. But he is not God the Father. Though he dwelt, it says in Genesis 1, he dwelt among the, the earth while God was forming it. God the Holy Spirit is not God the Father. God the, God the Father is not God the Holy Spirit. And the Son is also not the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that was a quick theology lesson. Um, but... All that to say, God is the perfect example of unity, one that we should be fighting for as the body of Christ, as believers, as ETYM, unity, together, bound with one another. And so um, we're going to be talking about being together, and specifically out of John chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there really quick, John chapter 17. But this is the very, this is in this passage, Jesus is about to die. A few hours later, he will be on the cross, and he will die um, the morning after he prays this prayer in John 17. Okay, that's where we're at. Jesus is last few hours of his life. God himself, man, about to die for us. He begins praying to God the Father, okay? And uh, he begins to pray for the disciples, the people that he was with, that he's living life with, that he's with them, rubbing shoulders with them. He starts praying for them. God, I, I've, I've shown them who we are. I've shown them you, God, through me. Uh, I've worked hard that they may see us. They might believe in me. And so he's praying for the disciples. And then in verse 20, this is pretty cool because it's not super often. He starts praying for you and me. He starts praying uh, for those who will believe after he dies that next morning. Those who will come to believe through the message that the disciples will go and tell. He goes and starts praying, John 17, for you and me. Those who will eventually believe, right? That's us. And so let me read this passage really quick, and we're going to start uh, diving into what it means. He says in John 17, 20, I do not ask for these only, meaning the disciples, but also I want to pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. So that's the passage that we're looking at tonight, um, but I don't know if you really recognize, but he really wants them, us, to be one. He says right there uh, at the very beginning, right off the bat, I want to pray for them that they may be one. And then he also says again, just a few verses later, he says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, again, that they may be one. 
So I want them to be unified. I want them, us, to be unified, that we would be together. And we can only be unified, only should be unified through Jesus Christ dying for us, giving us life with him. That should be the one thing that makes Evangel Temple Youth Ministry stick together more than anything else. I was listening to a uh, youth pastor. I won't say his name. I would if I agreed with what he said, but I won't give him credit for something I didn't agree with. So um, anonymous youth pastor said, as we were talking just a few months ago over coffee, and he said, uh, you know what I really like? I really like that all these different youth ministries around Springfield offer different things to where you can kind of pick and choose. What, you, know, you can say, you know, I, I want to do this, and I can be a part of that youth ministry. So what do you mean? Like, kind of walk me through this right now. And he said, well, you know, there's, there's those youth ministries, those youth groups that are really great at, I don't even remember what it was now, fine arts. And so if you really want to get involved in fine arts, you go to that youth group. If you, if you are really interested in... Um, the really exciting worship with the strobe lights and the, and the smoke machine. Well, then you go to this youth group. Um, I remember he said that one. Then he also said, um, this one just really blew me away. He said, you know, in that one youth group, um, they're really known for outreach, loving people. And I was like, oh, yeah, because the other ones, no, they, they don't uh, do that. So, um, but he's like, you know, it's, it's really great that they um, are the one, they're the youth group in Springfield that really support outreach. They're the ones doing door-to-door. They're the ones with the van ministry. They're the ones with, you know, that is what makes their youth group their youth group. I never want to, just let it be known, your youth pastor never wants your youth group to be known as the one that prioritizes this over that, unless if it's Jesus Christ. That should be the one thing that makes our youth group our youth group, that we love and we serve and we live for and we proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, nothing else. Those things, you know, can come and go, you know, a little, like, it's really popular right now, fine arts in this youth group, you know, um, or it can come and go, that, that's different. The one defining, the one characteristic that makes our youth group what it is must always be that we live for and we proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that gives us relationship with him for eternity. Anything else, it's a click that makes us exclusive and shut offish from other people, right? If there's just some guy, I mean, God forbid, somebody right across the street from Evangel Temple comes into our youth group on Wednesday night, and we're like, ooh, no. Homeless? No, man, that's city reach. You need to go down to city reach. That, no, that's what they specialize in. What? No, we, we prioritize Jesus Christ to where when that is, what, that is the one thing that really unifies us, that's what makes us us. We can put our armor on anybody. You proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You are my brother in Christ, and we can hug. We can disagree on everything else, but that is what unifies us. That's what unifies us. Not anything else. Anything else makes you exclusive. It makes you a clique. And it makes everyone else that comes in and doesn't fit into exactly what you guys are specified as, what we are specified as, they're now going to not fit in and not find a home in a church. That's not what Evangel Temple Youth Ministry is, right? So we can have, we can have so many differences, but we have to do it in love. I was in um, AGTS yesterday. Uh, that's just a, uh, a school right down Glenstone. I was in the library studying. I know, bleh, before school even starts. Um, 
I was in the library, and I just overheard these two guys. Both of them I have had classes with in the past, okay? Um, so I know them. They both really love. They serve Jesus Christ. Um, I had separate classes with them both. But I heard them uh, talking. It was really hard not to hear them talking because they were screaming at each other, um, one more than the other. But they were just yelling. And what it was, they were really talking about um, gender roles in the church and in the home. And that was, the, that was the topic, and it got really heated, as it normally does. And I'm just, I'm sitting there typing on my computer, but it's really hard to focus on what's on the screen because I'm just listening to that behind me. And, um, and I even look back, and I'm like, what in the world, guys? And at that point, it was crazy. The one, um, I'm not going to say which side he was on because it doesn't matter, but he was like shaking his finger in the guy's face, and he's like, and just like goes back at it, just like looked at me. I'm like, man, what are you doing? And he just goes back to it. And so like he didn't even want to acknowledge me. Um, so he goes back to screaming. And at the end of that conversation, he ends up just saying, you know what? I don't remember what he said. It was something along the lines of he's like, you know what? Once you can finally start reading scripture without ignorant lenses or something like that, um, I won't talk to you until then. It was something along those lines. And walked out of the library. <laughs> like, hope you checked out your book. All right. You know, something like that. Um, <laughs> But it's just crazy. What if somebody saw that? Obviously, Christians are fighting from Scripture, right? And the one guy was like, look, man, I just disagree with you. Like, I, I just feel like that's what the text is saying. I just feel like that's what the Bible says. I don't, I don't know what you mean. I'm just saying that's what I feel like it's saying. And he's like, you're screaming at him. And I was like, man, what if someone's onlooking, just seeing that's how Christians talk with one another it's like, man, we can, we can differ on beliefs, on whatever stances, but at the end of the day, man, I, I hope you are able to just hug it out and say, you know what, I love you, I disagree with you, I think you're really wrong on that, but you know what, we are unified, we are together, we are the body of Christ, and I never want to let any disagreement that we might have keep us from being unified and keep us even more so, keep us from being able to share or show our love with one another to the outside world. He says to be unified. Jesus Christ is praying, and he says, I pray that they would be one. I pray that they would be one. And he even goes on, the next part there, um, uh, the glory that you have given me, I, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. That they would become perfectly one. It's like, how do you come perfectly one. Well, as we saw in the beginning, really, God himself is the perfect example of unity, right? And so if you look there, that they may be one at the very beginning there, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And then he also says again there, the next part, that they may be one even as we are one. They are the perfect example of what it means to be unified. They show us, get this, look at this, this, they show us, me and you, how we can be unified, how we can be, uni how we can be together. Despite differences, despite diversity, we can be together because we can look at their example. Jesus, uh, not Jesus, Paul, when he's writing to the Philippians, he, he says in uh, chapter two, Philippians chapter two, he says, complete my joy, Make me happy, guys. Make me happy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being um, in full accord and of one mind. Get this, okay? How can we be like God himself? 
and our love for one another and our unity with one another, us being bound by one another. Okay, how can we be like God in that? Get this. Verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, being humble, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only at his own interest, but also of the interest of others. That's inhuman. That's not natural, right? That's not natural to say, you know what, I want, I want more what you want than I want. Like, I, I, I know I want this, but you want that. And so because you want that, that needs to happen. Like every time, count others of more significance than yourself. That is not human to do that. To be like God would be like that. Could you just imagine, could you just venture out there with me in just the crazy concept of worship style, okay? Sixth graders, this is probably going to look different than kids' ministry did um, in worship style. Uh, seniors leaving, probably our worship style looks different than uh, what it will on Tuesday nights. Everybody, podcast listeners, ten forty-five, nine o'clock service, worship styles. Could you imagine the ten forty-five service people saying, "You know what? We need to be one." And I actually, I prefer the contemporary music. We know you guys prefer hymns. We want to be one so much. We need to sing hymns. And could you imagine the 9 o'clock people saying, you know, no, 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 guys, no, we need to do contemporary music. No, we need to do hymns. No, guys, we really want to do contemporary music. We want to do it for you. Could you imagine that? That would be crazy. But that's what it looks like to be unified, to count others more significant than yourself. We laugh because it's not human, because it's not natural, but it's what we're called to. It's what we're called to. And it's crazy. You can't really imagine it. But what would be the result if we did? What would it be like if you were to do that? Count those, your brothers and sisters in Christ, to be so unified in them, to be so interested in being together with them that you would count them more significant than you. What would it look like if we did that? If that became the regular practice? Let me tell you. Let, the, let, me, let me show you what the text says about that. That they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So that the world would believe that you have sent me. It says it again also, so that the world may know that you sent me and, the lo and loved them just, man, I butchered that, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. May we be one, get this, may we as a church be one so that the world may believe in Jesus Christ. May we be one, may we be so together, may we be so interested in the other one's interests, may we be so bound in love for one another that onlookers would be like, man, I got it, there's something going on here. There's something that's driving their love for one another. This Jesus thing, there's something to it. May our love for one another, may our bound together togetherness, may it be a testimony to other people of this love that is so much greater than, so much higher than, so much transcended past a humanly love. 
It's like, man, they couldn't have got that love from themselves. They had to have got it from something so much greater. And it really fits the story of Jesus Christ dying for humanity. May that, may our love for one another, our unity be a testimony to the world so that they would believe in the gospel that is the perfect example of love. That's what we want to stand for at Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. That's what the church needs to stand for at large. This is now the part in the service where we're going to go into this response time and in, uh, in just listening to worship music and just thinking through, processing. So sixth graders, this is where um, everything that I just talked about, this whole call to be unified, so interested in other people more than yourself, that you would set aside that because you want to love, that you would embrace your brother and sister in Christ and say, you know what, I disagree. And you're wrong, but I, I'm interested in loving you more than that. And so you know what, we're going to set that aside. May you just think about that this time. We're going to have music playing. The band's not going to come up. So at the beginning of the service, we had the band up here playing, lights on. You know, everyone's focused in that way. We're going to shut off these lights. Band's not going to be up. Music's going to be playing. And anyone can be anywhere in this room. And you just get alone with God. That's what this is. You get alone. You can be facing in the corner, way over there, just looking down at the ground. I don't know. And you can just spend time with God, thinking through this, how in the world does this apply to me, and how can I better love you through this message? That's what this is. And so um, if everyone would just join me in standing up, and those who have been around for a little while, would you guys just lead the way, and those who are trying to figure out this whole service thing, would you guys just spread out throughout this room anywhere you want, anywhere. You can honestly even be on this stage if you want. Just be careful. Spread out anywhere. Spread out anywhere. I got one thing I want to talk to you about really quick. I don't know if you can see the screen. It's not necessary that you do, so you don't have to move if you can't. I have one thing I want to talk to you guys about really quick before we start this music. One, um, I, I never usually do this, the whole homework thing, leaving you with something. Um, but I, I want to today. I want to today. For those who are currently ETYM students, those who are regularly going, those who are regularly at church, it doesn't have to be here, those who are regular attendees at church, Go so far out of your way to welcome a visitor that they are in disbelief. Could you do that? Go so far out of your way to put your arm around them, to, to embrace them, to hug them, to tell them, you know what, I'm on your team. I love you. I'm for you. It might be a little awkward. Maybe, maybe shake their hand, ask what their name is first, um, but then do all those things. Would you go so far out of your way to show love to other believers? I, I, obviously, we're called to love people who don't live for Jesus Christ, that don't know God as their Savior, right? We're called to that, and we talk about that all the time. So I think sometimes we think that it's just um, not even necessary. You know what? They already love Jesus. Why talk to them? They're, they're, they're already good. They're, they're doing their own thing. I'm doing my own thing. We're both saved. We're totally good. Your love for them is just as much for them as an onlooker seeing how we interact with one another. Would you love them? Would you show them so much love, so much support, so much I'm on your team that they'd be in disbelief? That they'd be in disbelief. Sarah and I picked up this guy yes, 
a couple days ago, maybe not yesterday, um, walking, on, walking down Glenstone. Uh, it was like crazy hot, shaky legs. Like he was like probably 90s. Um, could hardly walk, walking with a cane, like walking, you know, like um, he's going to get, you know, a block down the road in like four hours kind of speed, right? And we, we swing by, we stop, turn around and say like, hey, would, can we give you a ride? And he's, uh, he's like, um, well, it's pretty far, you know. I'm like, I guarantee you it's not as far as if, if, as if you had to walk the rest of the way. So um, I was like, how about this? If I drive, you tell me how to get there. And he was in disbelief. He was, he was just blown away. May we love each other where we would be in disbelief by the other one. Love the other one that way. Show them love, and then through doing that, show other people how much you love one another. The second one is sixth graders and seniors. How about those people who are the new ones? The people who are new. So it's not just sixth graders, not just seniors going somewhere else. Those who are new to a community. Embrace wherever you're starting to go. Wherever you choose to go and, and see, embrace them as family no matter how different it is from what you're used to. It might feel super weird. It might feel super strange. Whatever they're doing, like, that is not how I do it. That is not how I was raised. Set aside those differences to where you could say, you know what, it might be different. You can accept diversity saying, you know, we're different, but it doesn't matter. I'm gonna worship with you because you believe in, you affirm, you proclaim the same Lord and Savior as I do. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We will be singing for eternity with one another in heaven. I'm gonna set aside that difference and say, you know what, I embrace you as family. Can I challenge any of those who are new to a community to do that? Because we are all one. We are united. We are together. We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.